Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals Friday podcast, the first that we've done this season and the first I'll be doing, which is previewing the upcoming games, looking back at the week, the games we might not have covered, like possibly a League Cup match we lose in, and also some transfers and some media action. But to help me through talk through this, I've been joined by the Reading Chronicles, Matt Joy. You'll be joining us regularly, won't you, Matt? Yes, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, give myself a bit more of an opportunity to uh, express my thoughts in more of a uh, direct way, shall we say. So yeah, looking forward to it and uh, obviously looking forward to tomorrow's game. Hopefully might be a little bit of an improvement after a Tuesday night showing, shall we say. Tuesday's night, yeah. Let's go back to that game. Obviously we made 11 changes. Luton also made nine, so it wasn't their first team as well. Um, what was your feeling going into that match when you saw the changes? Were you expecting that kind of game? Yeah, and I think anyone who says differently would may not be being 100% truthful, shall we say. Um, yeah, I mean, you weren't expecting a similar performance level to Derby, obviously, as you said, given the, given the number of changes. Um, you're expecting it, to, expecting it to be a bit more disjointed. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't expecting much. Uh, and Reading certainly didn't give us much. You know, it, it was a it was a tricky game. I mean, I think Panovic has got to strike a balance between. Obviously, he said that he wants to get more of the young players involved, which I th- I'm all for, and I'm sure we'll go on to it. A few of them really impressed on uh, Tuesday night against Luton. But I think it's obviously going to be a very long season, and he's got to strike the balance between um, experience and youth. Whether he did that. It, that's, I think, down to who you ask on the, on Tuesday night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I personally came out of it thinking that the younger players impressed far more than most of the senior players. We kind of look at Tom McIntyre as a senior player now, but he's only his 13th game or so. But he played mm. that game like he was a senior player. Yeah. Um, players who played well for the youngers, who I'd never seen before, was Tetek. I thought mm. he definitely had something about him. Um, we also thought that Holmes had possibly progressed. Bristow did okay. Who would you say like stood out from the young players that you I saw? I think all, all of the ones you mentioned, I, I definitely would um, say Tom McIntyre was probably the star of the show. I mean, every time I watch him, he looks more and more like a ready-made, reading captain of the future. Um, his positional play especially, I thought was fantastic. Um, a lot of times, uh, I think James Bray was uh, on the Luton right causing a lot of trouble down that right-hand side. But every time he, he sort of swung a delivery in, McIntyre was more often than not in the right position. I think his how he read the game was very impressive. You, you touched on Tom Holmes, I thought, in terms of um, giving a dedicated performance, you know, putting his body on the line. I, I you know, give him, give him credit to that. I think Luke Southwood in goal, uh, again, another decent showing from him. Could do little about the goal, which, you know, credit where it's due, was a fantastic editor, I thought. Uh, and as you said, Tetek, I think, in the middle, he... Um, he looked quite confident. He looked, he looked as one of the, he was one of the few players I thought on Tuesday night who looked like he was there to impress rather in, in an attacking sense, rather than to be there to make up the numbers. Um, you know, he, he was taking control of the game. It looked like he was, he was progressing with it. And I was, yeah, I was, I was quite impressed with him. Yeah. If we looked at some of your ratings that he gave in the Red and Chronicle there, Matt, of the senior players, um, <laughs> it was quite <laughs> Um, I think I'd use the word brutal. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't have been on many Christmas card lists as it was, but I definitely don't think I would be on some of them uh, now. But yeah, I mean... <sighs> I don't think they're all fair, though. Some of them are really poor. I yeah, mean, well, I would completely agree. I mean... Um, 
I know he's playing out of position, but his general touch and everything. I know these players go into mm. it with a different mood because they know they're not going to be playing much. The mm. attitude is hard. They are people going into a work environment knowing that they're not wanted. But some of the disappointing performances, sorry, were disappointing, weren't they, man? Yeah, uh, and I think you've, you've touched on Bulldog there. I think what was perhaps most frustrating for me was he was given the captain's armband on the night. Uh, and I did not see any indication that he was a skipper. I mean, as I said, Tom McIntyre, for me, if, if, you know, if captains didn't wear armbands and you had to say which one of those was leading the team today, he would be top of the list. And I think Bulldog would be down near the bottom. He, he didn't impress. I thought McNulty looked off the pace. Aluko, there was, there was glimpses. I mean, he, he did look to make runs, but a lot of the time they looked somewhat aimless to me. Um, Pushkas, as I put in my ratings, as you just alluded to, it was very much a throwback to last season. You know, it was perhaps playing in a, a role that doesn't suit him, um, but he, he you know, didn't do much to uh, stake a claim to replace players like Lucas Schell after the uh, opening weekend, that's for sure. So, Matt, was there any other young players that impressed you? Uh, I think Saki off the bench. Um, I, I was impressed when he came on. He looked very direct. Um, he's, again, a bit like Tetek, he certainly wasn't shying away from uh, taking responsibility on the ball. He looked purposeful. Uh, he looks has got a, got a good yard of pace to him. So I think he's definitely one that we may see feature uh, more probably off the bench um, as the season progresses. Uh, but yeah, he, 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 I think there's certainly reasons to be optimistic about him. Yeah, definitely. And also um, we've seen today that just as we were about to start recording this, it looks like we're going to be signing Rodrigo Raquel me. Well, you never know, Matt, though, do you, with transfers? Because at the last moment, everything can change. Yes. I mean, it, it is a bit of a minefield. I think working in the media, you've kind of got to strike the balance between... I mean, you want to be... More than anything, it's a very enjoyable job because you can make you can make people you know, feel optimistic about their club. You can give them good news. Uh, and, you know, you want to be on hand to do that. Then again, you've obviously got to strike the balance between everything you've got to it's got to be substantiated. There's got to be a, a genuine belief behind it that what you're writing is true and it is correct. So you have to balance, you know, you don't want to be last to it. But then again, if you're first to it consistently, but it doesn't come through, then, you know, you end up getting a bit of flat, which is understandable. As a Reading supporter, you know, myself, I'm sure I would have been feeling similarly frustrated in years gone by if that situation had happened. So I completely understand. Um, but it, yeah, it, it is a bit of a minefield Um especially at this point when, you know, access to the club and to managers, you don't necessarily have that same face-to-face -face, uh, because of, you know, the COVID situation. Um, and it, yeah, it, it is tr tricky. Um, as, and, you know, obviously, as I said, the COVID situation, the, the financial situations that a lot of clubs are a lot more muddled than previously, you know, years gone by. There's a lot more, um, you look ahead and to the winter and you think, you see clubs like Macclesfield going out of business. I'm not saying Reading will, but, you know, the finances, of a lot of clubs are going to get worse before they get better um, with, you know, the, the lack of gate receipts and, and all that comes with it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to sort of strike that balance between wanting to, uh, you know, give something for the fans to cheer about, to be excited about. But then again, you always, always want to, you know, you don't want to end up with egg on your face. Um, so, yeah, it is a, it is a balancing actually. So, Essentially, Matt, you're the reason why Mendes isn't coming. That is the issue, isn't it? It's just what it all comes down to, Matt, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, with the Mendes deal, you know, we, we reported on it last week and at the point we reported, 
reported on it, it looked like it was you know all going ahead, and then Almeri have come back in. So it, with all transfers, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, it's never as simple as it may look on certain video games. It's, you know, there's a lot of go- a lot going on, and things can change. Um, we obviously do our best to report on what is happening as we know it. But you know, I mean, for an example, yesterday I reported, or I think two days ago, I reported on something away from transfers to do with an EFL releasing a statement about fans coming back into the grounds and urging you know more to be done. And then I think about five minutes after I published it, the 10 games originally, although it's been cut down slightly, uh, that will let a thousand fans come in broke. So you think, right, well, that's, that's five minutes old and it's essentially out of date already. So it is kind of, you're always playing catch up a little bit or, or trying to stay on top of it. You, you're very rarely ahead of it, but uh, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's worse challenges to have. Yeah, definitely. And any Redden fans to get irritated by that kind of thing. Just think of Tommy Smith. Transfer deals can just change at the last moment. People are reporting on them. It's almost impossible. It's, it's so easy running a account like Mike because I can just put out when it's happened. That's mm-hmm. dead easy, but you're actually telling everyone what might happen, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I did actually have a think about that as I took the job. You know, you, you, I could have perhaps gone for the easier route of, as you said, publishing things as and when they happen. But I felt that uh, what I would want to read would be as much of, you know, the latest as possible. Um, without obviously, you know, I would never want to make anything up. I would never make any rumours up just for the sake of getting engagement and clicks because I'm you know your, your reputation is obviously in journalism is a, is a big part of it so yeah you do have to try and be ahead of it but as you said a lot goes on behind closed doors that people don't see uh, that i don't see or, or hear about and it can be difficult to keep it keep on uh, keep on it but um yeah as i said i, I don't want to sit here and complain because i'm very very lucky to be doing what i'm doing so uh, definitely doing a good job there i just want to say that you know a bit bit of, bit of love there Future of home advantage is something I would use for Reading in general. Um, absolutely abysmal last season. Also with COVID, I'm not sure it's an advantage anyway, Matt. Um, how do you see it going and what do you see the major threats from Barnsley? Um, I think that's a... It's a tough one to say, about the, certainly about their home advantage. I mean, you, you would hope that Reading have that same sort of expansive free-flowing football that we saw last week and I, I would echo or would sort of go back to Derby and say that that was probably the, the best I've seen Reading play for a number of months I mean I'm, I'm sort of racking my brains thinking of a better performance it's, it's been it's certainly been a while you know they're so good going forward I mean every time Reading came forward there was there was a real threat um, and there was a, a real intent to it so often as you've said in recent years we've seen that creativity and that freedom kind of stifled at the Medeski the reason behind it, I think that's what we'd all love to know because there, there hasn't necessarily been a reason uh, behind it. As for Barnsley, you know, they've, they've had a, their problems off the field as well. I was reading um, in the Barnsley Chronicle earlier that there's a bit of debate about moving away from Oakwell, so there's a bit of uncertainty there. Um, they obviously lost on the opening day. I think Reading struggle when there's more expectation on them in recent years. So you went up to Derby and you thought, okay, the, the pressure's off. Whereas against Barnsley, the pressure will be on. And, and especially when you're sitting at the top of the table, on paper, you know, Barnsley looks like a winnable game, obviously. On top of the table after one game is not necessarily the, uh, <laughs> the be-all and end-all. But <laughs> we'll take it, well, won't we? We'll take it. That's pretty good for Reading. I'm not complaining at all. Um, in terms of Barnsley's, you know, threats, you look at them last year and that sort of 
they, they've really put a lot on the line uh, as they were fighting. They've definitely got that good motivation. Um, I actually spoke to, again, going back to the Barnsley Chronicle, uh, the journalist who covers them, uh, Doug O'Kane, who gave me a good insight into what we can kind of expect from them. Um, let me, you might have to edit this bit out. I'll just open up, sorry. Go. I guess, so, you know, you've got players like Alex Mowat in the middle who really summarises that. He's definitely a hard-working midfielder um, and, and can, you know, unlock defences uh, at this level, certainly. Um, in terms of going forward, they've had a couple of new signings, uh, Patrick Schmidt and Dominic Freezer, who previously you would have thought players like Corley Woodrow would start up top. It's a little less certain now. Uh, the, the Barnsley boss may look to change it up. Um it's it's a tough one because, as I said, when you come back from a season when you finish so dramatically, there it's tough to work out whether the club will sort of revert back to earlier in the season or whether they'll push on from that. Obviously, it's far too early to tell, but you would expect Barzi's threat basically to be, you know, pressing Reading high, trying to limit the play in the midfield, um, which I think Derby really didn't do, and I think that was their main shortcoming. Reading were so quick to get around the, the, the press. And when, when Derby had the ball, Reading was so quick to get onto them, which was very, very pleasing indeed. Um, so I, I'm expecting a tough game, perhaps a bit more physical, a bit more of a, an imposing opposition than perhaps we saw against Derby. But I think if we see the creative players, such as Elise Ejaria, playing how they did on last Saturday, and combining so effectively with Lucas Xiao, then I think Reading would fancy their chances against a lot of clubs in the division, including Barnsley. Yeah, as long as we can keep up those levels. Um, I saw a comment from the manager last uh, Saturday saying that if Xiao keeps up that fire, we've got one hell of a player. But mm. as we've seen from previous managers, and definitely from Sheffield Wednesday talking about Lucas Xiao, it's keeping that energy there. If he keeps at that intensity, we've got a hell of a player there. Yeah, I think... I, think, I can't see it's making any changes, Matt, from last Saturday, really. No, I, I, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't rush to it. And, and sort of looking at Lucas Shaw, I think a lot of players do benefit from genuinely feeling loved at a club. Um, that is, you know, that sort of psychological aspect of it, where they know that the fans are behind them. They have the belief in the player. And no one, I would say, in the Reading squad has that quite as much as Lucas Shaw, because it's very rare that he gets flack on social media but for understandable reasons, because normally when he puts on the blue and white shirt, he's, he looks a real, real handful. Um, so I think that's really played in his favour. You can certainly see he's got a spring in his step. I mean, there was a, a video I, I shared on social media. I, I, I apologise, I can't remember the original, uh, the name of the, the guy who originally put it up. But uh, sorry, Zhao was holding the ball in the corner and he was just toying with the Derby defence. Absolutely toying. And it's, you see stuff like that and you just think that, that is so promising to see stuff like that that the players in the first game of the new manager are willing to you know display what they can do and I think to have that backing from both support and from the from the manager as he came out and obviously praised him so heavily in the press conference that that is why I think we've seen him perhaps get a bit of a new lease of life at Reading. Yeah definitely I think if we can get the best out of him I've said so many times I think I say it on every single podcast mm. if Lucas Jow performs and by some miracle last the season uh, we're going to have a way better season but there's so many ifs there it's just yeah. too many <laughs> Yeah I think that, that's the thing that backup if, striker, Matt. Yeah 
I mean, everything's very, very tough to call at the moment. Um, mm. You know, given the, the whole situation in football and in society in general. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to sit there and make too many predictions, but certainly he will be a huge player for Reading this year. Uh, and you would think, you know, four goals in the opening two appearances in the season, he's going to be raring to go against uh, Barnsley on Saturday. And I, for one, am very much looking forward to, uh, to seeing him in action. Score prediction, Matt? Four. Now, I don't want to jinx it because I'm notoriously poor at these. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna, I think everyone is. I think I'm going to go for a Reading win. Um, I don't think it's going to be hugely comprehensive, but I think it, it will be relatively comfortable. I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. 3-1, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for the same as last season, 2-0 to Reading. Obviously, last season in that game, it was a real struggle. Even though we won 2-0, Mm. Barnsley had a lot of chances in that game. We really should have done a little bit better. I remember one of the scrappiest goals I've ever seen from Yaku Mate when it kind of hit him from a corner and just went in. And obviously Yaku Mate will be back in available, but I can't see him coming back into the team, but he'll be on the bench. So thanks for listening to our first ever uh, podcast on a Friday with Matt Joy from the Reading Chronicle. It's been the technical fun one, so we'll see how this all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll think. Thanks a lot for listening. Cheers.